Globalism or nationalism? Globalism. What is the most globalism? Yeah. Welcome to The Fallish Day. I am Destiny Peterson. The Fallish Day is our Patreon, so be sure to click the Patreon link to support our work. Today I have with me Dr. Sean Anderson, an associate professor of organizational communication at Loyola Marymount University. Thank you, doctor, for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Amazing. Exactly what do you do? Okay. How do you... Yeah. So, like, as far as what organizational communication yeah. is? Organization communication. Sure. So when we talk about organizational communication, it's talking about how organizations, for example, may communicate to customers, to uh, local constituents, how uh, superiors communicate to subordinates, and understanding if there are issues communicatively, how can we work to resolve those issues? And you travel around the country doing this? Yes. Oh, okay. And um, so. So were you raised by two parents or single parents? A single parent. Yeah. Uh, mom uh, was born and raised in Arkansas. Um, I actually lived with my grandparents. We all did. Me, uh, my mom, my two sisters. We lived with my grandparents in this little shotgun house in Arkansas. Oh, okay. And uh, my grandfather died when I was er uh, young, like uh, around 10, going right. on 11. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, single parent home. And how about your father? Were you in contact with him at all? Actually, I met my father once, uh, and it's an unusual story. I, I met him at the uh, child support office. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh... I know, right? And and uh, I actually didn't have a conversation with him. It was just there to actually just do the DNA test. And uh, I was 15. That was the last time that I talked to him, and I and I think a few years after that he had from what I understand, passed away. Really? Yeah. So what was it like growing up without your father? As a young kid, it really wasn't necessarily an issue until I got to be a teenager and I began to recognize that, you know, going at that point in stage, you're seeing your homies and your friends, you know, having their fathers around. There were things that I wanted to learn from a father figure that I didn't get a chance to understand, but you know, it's, it's, I, I still made it through regardless. Yeah. And how was it growing up in Arkansas? Arkansas is very interesting. So I grew up in this city uh, called Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Um, if you're not familiar, it's, it's um, sort of a rural town, but they call it a big city because it had around 30 to 40,000 people there, predominantly black city. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't, too bad. Not you know you're really naive to a lot of the stuff that you know about life now. Yeah. You know because yeah. it's a small city, but um, we did the best that we could. You know, uh, typical neighborhood. Uh, not a lot of um, grocery stores around. Just just kind of a, a hood. But we grew up near the uh, university in that city, right. uh, on the north side of the city. So it was somewhat of a stable environment considering. And so were you raised with 
any form of in any form of religion? We like a Christian. Yeah. So grew up in a Christian household. Oh, okay. um, it was more. It was quite interesting. My my, my grandfather went to a Methodist church. Uh, my mom went to a Baptist church, and uh, for me, you know, I I felt early on that I, I had a strong calling to God. But uh, my mom stopped going to church for a while, and so consequently I did too. But I picked back up once I got to college, and uh, now I do have a relationship with God, but as far as a denomination, I'm more non-denominational. And so when you say you had a calling, what do you mean? So I, I just felt that there was this like sense to be better than uh, what the community was pushing us out to be. Because in a sense, you know, um, in the South, sports are king. You know, football right. is king. Yeah. And everybody in my neighborhood played football, and, and you were told to just eat whatever, get big. You know, and if you just remotely get big, you'll go to college and, and, and play pro football. And so for me, while I didn't, you know, Sports was great, you know, but it, it, it just, I, I didn't feel that I was called to play in a sense. I was like, well, why can't I own a team? Why do I have to play it? And so um, there was just always, when I was going to church as a young kid, uh, this feeling like there was just purpose for my life that was just a little bit different from what the upbringing was. Yeah. And that's just the way I saw it. Oh, I got you. Yeah. And so now you are a Christian. Yes. Amazing. Do you believe that human beings are in a fallen state? Uh, yes, I believe we were born into it. Um, you know, just even taking it back biblically, looking at uh, the story of Adam and Eve, you know, we fell at that point. Uh, but Christ came back to redeem us. So you speak to organizations about increasing and sustaining diversity. Right. And uh, can you define diversity? What does that mean? So that's, that's it's interesting, right? Because we hear that language uh, a lot yeah. in the media. We, we, we hear, yeah. And so it's, it's looking at how non-white people, for example, can get equal opportunities to, you know, make a living, right? And so where I think diversity has its problems in a sense, is that we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing it bombarded in the media and, and we're seeing organizations say, uh, we've just increased our diversity by 40%. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so we go with that and then we hear people say, okay, well, what do you have to complain about? Because we, ju we just saw this organization increase their numbers by 40%. Yeah. Well, the, the issue it's not that really because we know that organizations are concentrating on that. The issue is more of a retention thing. So if you're talking about creating a more diverse workforce, but yet you're seeing people leave, then that's the issue. What are you doing as an organization uh, to make your spaces, uh, you know, not just a space for just one particular ethnicity, but a space where everybody who is in there you know, can can have the opportunities for upward mobility. Can you give me an example of what that means? Okay, so so in a sense, no one wants to be hired as the token, right? You, you I, I wouldn't want to be the only person in the organization hired 
just because I'm black. Right. You know, uh, it's great that I have the opportunity, but I also want to be chosen for the skill set that I have. Right. right? And I want to be able to move up because of what I can bring to that organization, not just because I'm black. Right. And so when we're seeing that in the media a lot, uh, the issue then becomes, okay, what are these organizations doing to help the people that they're hiring, you know, become better? And so my goal and my job is to go in and see what's working, what's not, and try to make a difference from there. But if you are pushing for diversity yeah. and then someone bringing in a, a, a non-white person, okay. it's going to look like the person didn't earn it. It's only there because they're black. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And so why push diversity? So when we're talking about the history of organizations, so, so let's take it back. Um, late 19th century, the Industrial Revolution, uh, you had a lot of big names. So the Cornelius Vanderbilt, right? You had um, the Rockefeller family. And so organizations at this point were purely ruled by these uh, white men who had essentially uh, all power, no type of checks and balances or anything like that. So you're talking about going through the history of those organizations, uh, these people just, you know, having this rule, and then the government had to intervene. So, for example, they told Rockefeller that your company's too big. We have to break it up. And so uh, then comes the civil rights era where we then see this push for organizations to provide equal opportunities for people, right? Because at, at prior to that, there was really no sense of diversity for an organization. And so now you see it. And now you're trying to say, okay, well, because we could not provide those opportunities back then, we're wanting to be more of a conscious organization to society and say, okay, let's open our doors. Let's be fair in our assessment of who comes in regardless of their color. And so I think the thing is, when it comes to diversity, because organizations are trying to make up for all the things that they did years ago, you know, you're seeing the media bombarding that concept out there. And, and I think, although it's a great concept, it, it still has its flaws. When I, should the civil rights movement have ever happened, uh, do you think that was a big mistake? It hurt blacks rather than helping? That's an interesting question because well, if I could ask you, are you talking about in a sense of is, was, was integration a wrong thing or, or just, just talking just purely from the movement itself? The movement itself, should that have ever happened? I think uh, the civil rights movement had its great moments uh, in the sense of the, the Voting Rights Act, you know, the, the Civil Rights Act. Uh, it was great. But uh, where it had its flaws and what much and what we're kind of seeing today, the same thing, is that many people didn't understand it. What did it mean? You know, uh, was it a place to make things equal and equitable for black people? Was it uh, just riots and protests just to say that you're, you know, being segregated <laughs> against stuff like that? Right. Yeah. Th that was the tension. Yeah. And so 
as history shows, if you are, if you were a black person in that point in time, and you were getting sprayed with water hoses at that time, that was wrong, right? And so, I don't see the problem with the civil rights movement, uh, even taking it to the day with all the other movements that are coming out. I think that there needs to be um, some structure or at least some type of understanding of what these movements mean for the people to kind of get. Why do you think that it was wrong to spray and water hose them during the riots? Well, because, you know, um, even within, you have to look at uh, certain uh, situations where there were many peaceful protests, right? And uh, while there were some violent ones, and you know, don't get me wrong, yeah. uh, the, the peaceful protests uh, and the water hoses being sprayed on those people just because they were challenging a system at that point that was still about segregation and Jim Crow, then uh, of course, you know, it, it's not uh, something that, that should have been done. It was a situation to where black people were seeking equitable, you know, treatment and white people were wanting to keep uh, segregation. But I noticed that they still use water hose and, yep. uh, and stuff in different countries. Sure. They used to do it here, never mind the color, because you right. have to contain the people sure. during those riots. I don't, and at that time we all knew that. Why did they, why did the black stars say that that was wrong when they knew that it was right? As far as water hoses. Using water hoses? Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing, because you're talking more about, at that point, uh, being treated human, you know? But that's how uh, we treat humans when they go out of control. Sure, when they go out of control, but right. many of those situations were not. Right, but most were. Some, some, yeah. some <laughs> were, some were. But, uh, you know, again, we're looking at a situation to where, at that point, at that point, at that point in the civil rights movement, you know, Yes, the, the people were pushing for rights, which they should have. But then you're having the officers who were at that point in time, you know, if you're somebody just trying to defend yourself, you're going to try to defend yourself by any means necessary, right? And so even though that other countries were doing that, you know, in a sense, you got to think about what the black people at that point in time were, talk, were, were thinking about, okay? Their grandfathers, their great-grandparents, were going through the Reconstruction era, the, 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 the height of the Jim Crow era, all of that. And so, you know, it, it, it was building a resistance against the regime that at that point in time was just not built for them. And so if you are then trying to be peaceful, if you're trying to, you know, build something in your community, but it's constantly getting cut down, then you're going to, you know, engage in protests, but you shouldn't be sprayed for it. I noticed that prior to the civil rights movement, the Jim Crow era sure. there, black people did better. They had families, they worked hard, they didn't beg or blame. Mm -hmm. The men were in charge, black men were in charge sure. of the family. Okay. They owned land, they mm -hmm. did all the right thing. And once the civil rights movement happened, black people stopped doing for themselves and started to blame white folks and beg and for affirmative action, sure. reparation. Why did they get worse rather than get better? Because they're blaming more today than ever in the, in the history of Earth. Yeah. So 
taking back to that, you know, you, you're right in the sense that, you know, we're talking about the, the Harlem Renaissance, for example, where there were many businesses, yeah. you know, started by black All over people. Alabama and everywhere. Sure. Uh, my, um, to, to, to make it even more personal, uh, my grandfather in, in 1947, uh, actually the same year that my mother was born, um, he, he had moved from Mississippi to Arkansas, and him and my grandmother bought their first plot of land. Yeah. You know, and that's something, yeah. to be honest with you, I'm, 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 I'm very proud of. And um, I think the civil rights era was not just a situation, if you're talking about uh, why did it change, it wasn't just a situation that, that was with black people. You know, you're, you, you were having prominent white people or, or just white people, period, local citizens joining that movement as well. The civil rights and it movement. Was, right. Yeah. And it was a, um, a situation to where there was just a whole concept of just deconstructing or trying to deconstruct uh, a government regime that they all felt was against black people, poor whites, uh, the uh, Mexicans, you know, uh, and all the other well, people. I don't who think we had Mexicans then. There was some. It wasn't a lot. You they know, there was still some. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in some cases. In some, but, you know, if you're Why talking do they about, include the Mexicans now with the black stuff and the Mexicans don't even like the blacks? You know what? That's, that's something that I, I, in my moving to Los Angeles, was something that I was uh, a little bit naive to prior to coming here. But I have that understanding now, and it's, it's to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I don't know where the disconnect uh, between uh, those two communities came from, and why is it so prevalent now? Because when the Mexicans move into black communities, mm -hmm. the black people treat them the same way they treated whites, the Jews, the Asians. They attack the Mexicans and, and beat them up and rob and steal their stores and stuff like that. Okay. Instead of learning from them, so the Mexicans are, are defending themselves from the blacks. Sure. Okay. Have you noticed that? Yeah, in many ways. And I, I think we, 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 we see that uh, in, in many of those instances. But one thing that I will say about this is that taking it back to what you were just saying earlier with uh, prior to the civil rights movement right. and black people being... Uh, more independent, if you will. Yeah. You know, even if you take it back to Black Wall Street, that, that whole concept, yeah. you know, it was something that was prevalent for black people. But, you know, again, it was still a situation to where their communities were burned down. But that was only because of uh, a dispute between a white business owner and a black business owner. Okay. They got mad at each other for something dumb, and they fought each other. That's how that happened. It wasn't like whole Arkansas or wherever that was doing that to the blacks. But here's the thing, though, I, I, and, and, and okay, that's fair. But what I'm saying is you're talking about, again, a situation to where that could be a trigger to times past where you're talking about, okay, if there was a dispute between those people, it still was a situation where many of the black people killed, some were white, but then that whole, that whole community was, was decimated. Right. It was destroyed. Yeah. And so maybe there was a situation then to say, okay, well, we tried to build something, but our community still get burned down. We, we can't do these things. Maybe they got scared. But it wasn't you know? our community. It was their community. 
It had nothing to do with the rest of the blacks. Yeah, so but they you lived know, in other parts of the country. But, they lived down the road. Yeah, sure. But the <laughs> but, media still was something that perpetuated that. Yeah, you know, it, it, you 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 you're talking about that happening in in, in small Tulsa at the time. You know, yeah. it's bigger now, of course, but it still made headlines. Right. What's the difference between inclusion, inclusion, and diversity? So when you're talking about diversity, it it it's looking at Okay, kind of like what I just said right. earlier, where, you, want, you know, you, you want, want these numbers. You want 10 blacks and 10 whites. There you go. What about inclusion? So inclusion then talks about, okay, they're here. All right, so let's take the organizational communication concept of uh, what I study and what I research. Within that particular discipline, there's this concept called assimilation and socialization. So you have the black people in, you have other people here. Okay. The assimilation process is, okay, what are you doing now to help them become or help them identify with that organization? Help the blacks. Or anybody who's getting hired at that point in time. Because the goal of an organization is to help anybody, whether it's black, white, or whatever, become fully ingrained and fully associated with that organization. So you're trying to build a company culture where everybody who is in there is equal. So okay? do, you, do you include? Do you get white people into black businesses too? Yeah, yeah. So I, you, I got, was you, fought, you got to go there and say, hey, you don't have enough white people here. Sometimes you see that. But have here's you done the thing. that before? Have, have I? Uh, do you know of anyone who's doing that? Uh, yeah, I know of a few people who are, 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 are not just saying that they are wanting white people in. We got to build white people in. Why not? But the goal is to make it a more inclusive organization for everyone, whoever they hire. You but know, the white people are already there. Yeah. And so now you got to bring the blacks in and make the white people accept them, right? Well, it's not even about, you know, uh, if, you, if you're looking at many of the organizations that are out right now, um, majority of the CEOs are white men. That's just what it is. It's, 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 it's something that has been passed down. But the goal of many of the organizations now as they try to engage in this concept of social responsibility is to essentially right the wrongs that they think they've done as an organization by creating opportunities, equal opportunities for everyone. Before the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. there were many black CEOs who own their own businesses. They More small businesses, people. though, right? I'm sorry? More small businesses, though, Yeah, right? but there yeah. were other, like banks. Some of them own banks yeah. and all kind of real estates mm -hmm. and things like that. So those were not considered small businesses. Yeah, well, Why for those can't the blacks do that now? Why do they need someone like you or who, to come in and say, okay, white people, these are black people. I want you to get 10 of them, yeah. and I want you to treat them a certain way. When I came here from Alabama, sure. I worked many different jobs, yeah. and I never had anyone to go in to intimidate the white people to tell them how to treat me. Sure. I dealt with things myself like other people were doing. Yeah. What's wrong with the blacks that they can't do that now? You know, uh, there are many factors, and that's a great question, uh, because for, for me, from, from my understanding and, and from what I see with a lot of the facts and the research and the stuff that, that uh, I do, uh, some may just be afraid to do it, you know, some the may, blacks. 
Yeah, black people. But so, the blacks are not afraid of the white. They hate the white. They'll beat them up. <laughs> in some cases, some cases. White people are scared of them, so afraid of them, right? So they're just turning the company over to them. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I think the thing is, you know, uh, there, are a, a, there are a lot of black people who may want to start businesses, but just may not have the knowledge, may not have the understanding. And you may have a, a small group of people who, who do make excuses and say, okay, well, it's that person's fault that I can't build this business. Yeah. But then, you know, we cannot rule out racism as a factor. Not saying that it's the entire reason, but it is a factor. In what that way? Some, okay. So, when, again, so you're now talking about the facts, right? Uh, not something that you will see on the media as far as something that is being perpetuated, but you're talking about now the research. What are the facts? So the facts are saying that for most people who try to start businesses, black people, okay, or any marginalized group, uh, if you would like to say, that uh, many of them report being uh, mistreated or not getting fair opportunities like their white counterparts. This is not any type of hyperbole. This is stuff that's being reported in actual research studies that are being, you know, but is it impossible? that they could just be complaining because they know now they can get away with it. And so they could go in there and not really have to put much into it and just complain, hey, the white man won't let me do it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that that, that could be a possibility. Yeah. You know, because I'm not I talk to a lot of uh, foreign company owners okay. and, and white company owners, and they don't, even, they don't like to hire black people because of that reason. The blacks show up late. They don't work as hard. They but that's complain. a stereotype, though. Huh? That, that, that's not all black people. Not all, not all, but most. They complain, okay. and then when you have to get rid of, of them, they want to sue for racism. Mm. Who want to be bothered with that mess? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, again, I think that's something that is highly stereotypical. What do you mean? And it's not necessarily all the way true. So when you say... Uh, not all, but most. Right. You know, again, I, I think that's something that, again, the media is very powerful. And, and we see a lot of things that are in the media that sort of show people in, in different lights, right? And, and I think we've been uh, ingrained in our minds over time that, you know, most black people are always late. They are. They call just... that color people time. That's <laughs> yeah, what the black people call it. So that's, 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 yeah. So but, they admitted that they're late. But that's not all. That's not, not all, all but most. Uh, I mean, you know, it's. it's I used to be black somewhere. and I used to be late. But then I realized, especially when I started my own thing, I okay. need to be on time. Yeah. So I started stop being black. Okay. And start being on time. Yeah. But it's true that black people are late. Some black people can be late. Not all, not all but most, right? That's I why the blacks that. named it CP time. Uh, yeah, some black And whatever you it. want to put on the event, if the event is at 7 p.m., sure. you have to tell the blacks it's at 6. <laughs> That's the case. <laughs> well, you know, again, don't get me wrong. I, 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 of course, I've heard that my, my entire life. And isn't it true? Not, not, not always. But most. But, but sometimes. I'll put, it, I'll put it in sometimes. Sorry about that. But, yeah, we'll go ahead. I'm sorry. So what's your degree... What did you major in? So um, my undergrad degree, uh, both my undergrad and my master's degree 
are in mass communications, so oh. uh, public relations, that, that oh, sort of thing. Uh, my PhD, um, which uh, is interesting, PhDs have a, a certain focus, a certain major. Uh, so mine was communication studies, and that's essentially studying uh, human behavior through communication. But with PhDs, you get to specialize in certain areas. And so my my primary area is organizational communication, right. and the secondary area is sport communication. And so you have a PhD mm-hmm. and a master, yeah. and what else? And an undergrad, a bachelor's degree. What do you do with all that? Well, you know, it's, it's, well, the thing is, you know, being a professor, uh, that was one of the areas that I wanted to go into. So if you're going to be a college professor, you got to have a PhD. That's just... Did you decide on your own to go to college, or did your mother encourage you? You know, no, it's, it was um, on my own, you know, to, 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 to kind of go back to something that you said. Uh, we grew up, I, I was poor, you know. Uh, yeah. My um, grandfather was a factory worker. Both of my grandparents, eighth grade education. Uh, my mom worked as a janitor and a maid her entire life. And for me, I just knew that... Uh, Although I still had a purpose, I knew I always wanted to pursue something, and I wanted to be better than my environment. Yeah. You know. You date white women? No, I haven't. Are you married? Yes, I am. Oh, you married? Uh-huh. You married to a black woman? No, I'm not. I ain't think so. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with how I'm thinking, though. <laughs> what, you mar- what, you married to an Asian? Yes. And see, you married an Asian but taught black. But see, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I, I met my wife in my doctoral program. Right. And so, so I you're like, people, let me take this agent before I get out there and run into a black one? No, 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 <laughs> nothing like that. I have no problem with black women. It, it actually wasn't even a, a situation to where I was running away from black women. It just was, we got close in my PhD program. We, we were in the same PhD program. Uh, we were friends. Uh, we both shared our love for Christ, and uh, we knew that we wanted to get married uh, after that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, thank you, Jesus. No, no. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's nothing like that whatsoever. We'll talk later. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. So let me ask, real fast, tell mm-hmm. me the difference between inclusion and diversity. The two different. Oh, they sound the same. They sound the same. But, and again, I... It's it's so hard because again you you, you see these words so so often yeah. that oftentimes you 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 for I'm sure many people they get tired of it because they see it a lot and it, it's a big problem. But again, uh, diversity looks at the numbers. Okay, we have increased our for if an organization wanted to hire more Asian people, we've increased our organization by twenty percent with with Asian workers. Okay, inclusion is about how to keep them. How to keep them. Oh. How to keep them. How, so how you, to diversity yeah. means to bring them in. Yes. And then inclusion means to teach the white people how to keep them there. <laughs> it's not about teaching the white people how to keep them there. It's about creating uh, the platforms within the organizations to help people stay. Because the problem is, again, a retention issue looks at, okay, there has been this certain culture within this organization for a hundred years, okay? And this organization now wants to open its doors to more people from various backgrounds. What can we do now as a corporate culture to make our organization more inclusive? That word, right? To make it more inclusive to where people are willing to stay 
and make our organization better. That's the point. What would happen if a white company say, no, I don't want this mess up in here. I'll hire who I want. I will hire the best qualified. So I don't need you guys to come here and tell me how to run my mm-hmm. company. Uh, would you try to sue them or put them out of business? What would happen? Well, again, uh, since uh, the civil rights era and organizations ha- had to implement the whole human resource structure, they can't get away with that. It's, it's not about suing, but they're going to get so bashed in the media, you know, that they have to conform to that. What uh, do you feel that they have a right to make white businesses, private owned businesses, to bring in people that they don't want? I believe if that they don't want it. OK, I believe that um, organizations uh, should bring in uh, the most qualified, whether you are but, but black, private white, organizations, or should they be forced to do that? Uh, I don't. Let me ask that question with this. So let's take that for an example and say the NFL. OK, and they have the Rooney rule. Do you understand what that rule is? No. OK, so the NFL has this Rooney rule that says that if an organization is going to hire a head coach or somebody in a high-level position under a coach, say an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, something like that, right? right? That it's, it's not telling them to hire, but you have to at least interview one minority candidate, okay? They making them do that? No, that was actually created by the, the former Steelers owner, Art Rooney. Okay. And so um, because he, he felt like that needed to be something within the structure of the NFL because there were a lot of coordinators in the NFL who were highly qualified who just didn't get opportunities. And so they, they just black. tried to make it. Some were black, some were of other ethnicities, but yeah, mostly black. And they were already a part of the NFL? Yeah. But so say, they had got the opportunity. Well, it's about, again, the higher level positions. So, you know, uh, you're talking about maybe um, like Eric Bieniemy, for example. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's been the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for a few years now. Is he white? Black. Black, black okay. guy. No and one day losing. <laughs> no, the Kansas City Chiefs are winners. What oh, you talking okay. about? They just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got you to pay attention to your sports. I do. But, 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 but no, um, he, the complaint is that he's been overlooked uh, for a few years now for a head coaching position. And um, I would have to agree because, again, he's winning. That team is winning. They, had, they just paid their quarterback uh, a half a billion dollars. Billion? Half a billion. $500 million to, contract. To it throw has, a ball? Yeah. What? Uh, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> you and I both, right? <laughs> Maybe I should have gone ahead and tried to go pro, right? <laughs> I'm telling but, you. But, but, but he's been in that position for a few years now. They have arguably the number one offense in the league. And the argument is being made that, you know, he's being skipped over for sometimes white college coaches who don't even have NFL experience, but he hasn't. But they're getting the head coaching positions, and he's not. Nice. And so that's he says. No. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> you see, but 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 that's the argument. Yeah. So, do you support affirmative action? You know, affirmative action. Ah, I, I don't know because on one end, I go back to what you say, which I agree with. I don't want. I personally don't want an opportunity because 
I'm the token. Yeah. But I do believe that black people should get the opportunities to lead and be a part of an organization in high level positions. Amazing. As long as, you know, again, they uh, have the, the credibility and all that stuff like that. Why not? And so do you support affirmative action? I, 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 I'm going to say yes, only because I still believe that it benefits more than it hurts. When I, I, I visit universities and places like that for graduations sure. or speak there or whatever, and I see black people there, I think that they're there not because they earn it, okay. but because of affirmative action. And it's it, like professors or it's like professors, staff. students. Yeah. Uh, it's like it put a statement on the blacks. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm in an accident and there's not but one doctor around and okay. some black doctor, mm -hmm. you can pass me up until the white doctor get there because I'm going to be thinking that you didn't earn it. You only got it because of affirmative action. So that's what you're going to think if, yeah. if you're on a plane or something. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, if I'm okay, on the plane you know. and the plane dropped. But I'm fortunate enough to not get killed. Yeah. And they have all these black doctors and all these white doctors, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say, give me that white doctor. Okay. Because, you, you wouldn't think that any one of those black doctors would be qualified, right? Though? Because of affirmative action. I, I mean, you know what I mean, right? I I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it, that's the that's the extremely negative version of, of affirmative action, though. But well, why would, if black people are capable of earning their way, why would they want a statement like affirmative action? Well, again, you or know... Or diversity or inclusion, under that stuff. Okay. Because, again, you know, you're, you're looking at factors, for example, I'm just use one example, and again, this is a fact, that many states, many organizations, I'm, I'm sorry, many um, cities have began to pass laws and organizations are complying that uh, you cannot discriminate against someone who doesn't have a certain type of hair, right? And um, I believe, honestly, when I got my position, uh, I was qualified. So, so let me let me explain uh, about uh, professors. It's not just you're not just teaching. Right. So your goal is to conduct research, <clears throat> to write books, to write commentary. Uh, as not only to build your reputation as a scholar, as somebody that's known, but you're also working to build the reputation of the university. Right. And so you have to have um, certain publications, or, or at least you got to show potential yeah. that you can do that. And so over a five to six year term, um, you have to show this university, again, no matter what your skin color is, that you can make us and yourself better. And so for me, I came into Man University already having a couple of publications. Uh, I just earned tenure, and I earned tenure a year early. And it's because I produce, you know. And, and, and again, I'm going to take it a step further with a lot of the stuff that you say. I, I fully believe that despite all of these sort of isms that are out there, that if I have to fight it, I have to fight it. If I have to fight racism, I have to fight racism. But I do believe that I can still be successful despite that. So and how, how um, do you know you got this tenure because of your qualifications, yeah. not because cause white people are afraid of blacks right now. And so they'll just okay. put them in all kinds of positions just sure. to keep the peace. Sure. 
So how do you know you got it because you earn it? Because there is a, uh, so we get this, this, this application or, or this document that explains what we need for tenure. So you need a certain amount of publications. Um, you need to conduct a certain type uh, amount of service at the university, whether you're mentoring students or, or stuff like that. Right. And uh, with my record, I've exceeded all of the things on that document. You went and did the work. Yes. Okay. And so, and, and this, this is not to uh, bash uh, anyone who is in my department, but I produce a lot. And more than some white people that are in my department. And so that's why I think that I got that, the, the, the promotion. I want to ask you quickly about the hair deal. Okay. Black people are trying to make companies accept them with their hair stuff they do. Yeah. Okay. Black people before the civil rights movement would not wear their hair like that because they would say it didn't look right even to them. Sure. They would comb their hair. Okay. Now you see these nappy haired black women wearing around here. I don't blame you. Well, gotta you, be that, man. you got yourself an Asian. Oh, she come got on good now. Hair, come on right? now. Come on now. You know, it's, it's hair. got good hair, right? It's, it's hair. It's hair. It's hair, right? Rather than black people combing their hair, why would they want a company to hire them looking that way? Well, okay, who's established? They look like they half dressed. They forgot to comb their hair. But who established that standard, though? What standard? Of. Uh, your hair having to look a certain way. It has to be straight. It has to be combed. It has to be neat. Ha well, not necessarily. I'm not saying hair shouldn't be neat, but who established this this concept of what you're supposed to look like in a organization? Because not Guys. only, well, here's the thing. Not only is it changing. It's not just black people. You know, you're talking about the whole concept of the suit and tie going into an organization going into work, right. you know, that's becoming obsolete. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And, but it's just, that's not a black people thing. That's just, that's just the way, again, organizations have to shift. Organizations shift because society shifts, you know. And, again, we see so many things, so, so many causes, so many uh, movements that are, that are coming about that organizations have to make that change in order to remain profitable. Nobody's saying that they shouldn't be profitable, but that's, yeah. that's the way it's going. In all honesty, huh? you're a Christian, from one Christian to another. Okay. Would you want some nappy-headed black woman hanging on your arms, <laughs> going to dinner with her hair looking like that? Come on, man. Why she got to be nappy-headed? <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I mean, no. My, my whole, and this, again, this is, this is the way I think. My whole thing is... Um, Would you want that? Tell me yes or no first. No, well, no, yeah. I don't mind it. I could, her hair could be the way that she wants it. You will walk out the house with some little nappy haired black woman going to dinner. But what are you all what, half dressed? What are you considered nappy haired? And why she got to be all half dressed? And not all women I, do that. I That's, know, but she looked like her. She forgot to comb her hair. And you know you how saying? black people used to say when they were decent. Okay. They used to say, "How could that guy and comb her hair?" Some people say Remember that. Remember that? that? That's not. That's Go not back in that house and comb your hair, yeah. Yeah, but that's remember what, those good old days. But that's what anybody though. That's you. you you're I know talking, you you're remember anybody, those good old days, right? Those are the days. Well, yeah, of course I've seen that because that's yeah. that's the culture. But that's just not that's not relegated to black people though. All the way. What do you mean? Other cultures do that too. They may not, do. it may not be, it may not necessarily be hair, but they do tell you to you know decent, right? You know, because yeah. because you, because you're trying to hold up to a standard that's been created. I want to ask you about this. Uh, sports justice movement real fast. Okay. Here. Yeah. Uh, you offer consulting for sports organization. Yeah. 
And what do you consult them about? So, you know, we're looking at a, a, a lot of things. So to, to, to make it simple, I help those organizations navigate the concepts of politics, media, and um, a strategic communication when it comes to their decision-making processes. So to break that down, um, let's say a sport organization is trying to uh, understand why um, people between the ages of 18 and 25 are not showing up at their stadiums. So my goal is to conduct the research to, to figure out why. You know, uh, so I was trained quantitatively. When you say people, you mean black people? Or Not just black people? people, all people. Okay. Okay. Um, and in particular now, uh, a lot of my work looks at this, this, this sport justice movement uh, is, is what I call is when, you know, you're taking the concepts of sport and politics and social justice and, and many people say these things should be separate. But it's never been, you know. And so I look at it as, well, you know, it may be different from the civil rights movement with Muhammad Ali and all of these other uh, black athletes engaging in activism, but there has been a revitalization, you know, since the whole Black Lives Matter movement has begun. Did you support that? I support the premise of what Black Lives Matter means in the sense that I believe that black lives are and should be equal to everybody else's. Do you believe that all lives matter? That is a great question because I, that there's a lot to unpack with that. And I, and I have to say that because the movements have been uh, filled with a lot of tension, right? So there's the Black Lives Matter movement. There's the All Lives Matter movement. And so the All Lives Matter movement is basically saying that, again, it, it's simplistic in its nature. All lives matter. But black people are saying, okay, well, if all lives matter, then why are we getting shot down more than others, right? Because the whole argument has been with all of these movements, why isn't that notion said about the, the Stop Asian Hate Movement or something like that, right? It's all about when black people are saying, stop killing us, there's an issue. But when anybody else says stop killing us, it's not. And so my whole uh, concept of the Black Lives Matter movement is simply that all lives should be equal to each other, but it just seems disproportionately that black lives are getting gunned down more than others. Do you believe that all lives matter? <sighs> all lives should matter. Do you believe that all that. lives matter? All lives should matter, yes. That's not the question. That's the answer. <laughs> so you don't believe all lives matter? No, of course. If So... All lives do matter, yes, but you have to break that down even more. It's not as simple as that. Okay. Do all I just said, oh, uh, no, everybody. No, 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 no. All not breaking lives it down, matter. Not breaking it down like that. <laughs> of course, all lives matter. Why is that hard to say? Because it's, it's, more, it's, it's, it's more complex than that. Really? Yeah. Um, if, all li if black lives matter... Sure. Oh, how come black people don't care about the other black people that are killing That's always the question, right? Killing children and everybody, and no margins, no rallies, no nothing. No. Why, no. if all black lives matter, why their lives don't matter when they kill each other? So that's a fair question. Uh, and, and that, uh, you know, I have to be honest with. That is a problem in the black community. 
I think that um, in, in many cases when it comes to black-on-black crime, that's always the argument, right? That it's a, it's a situation of proximity, right? Because that happens in the black community, but it also happens, that it happens in other communities as well. When other people are being killed, well, it's, it's most likely if a white person is killed, it's most likely a white person that done it. Right. right, and those are the facts. You know, it's not just well. A, most likely, the black person have done it. How is that? Because black people killing more white people than white people killing blacks. And and is this is this a fact? Yeah. How is that? Uh, because the white black people are crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, what facts are we seeing that that supports that? Black people are out of control. Okay. Have you noticed that? Not all black people though. Not all, but most. Not most either. Let me ask you, we're running out of time sure, and you're sure, so sure. interested. So okay, I no, need no, no, a little shorter answers. Sure. Um, so I want to ask about uh, social represent responsibility. Yes, okay. And what is reputation management? Okay. So social responsibility, first of all, is uh, this notion that was created about 70 years ago by business scholars uh, that looks at the concept of an organization should care about societal needs along with the concept of being profitable. So it's not just saying that they need to be good to their customers, but they need to be good to uh, other organizations that they work with. Uh, they need to be good to uh, the local governments in which they, they work with and they have to comply to, things like that. And what was the other question? The, uh, uh, oh, Reputation management. Reputation management is, is sort of like this public relations concept that looks at um, if an organization is facing a crisis and they're just getting slammed in the media, uh, what are the steps that these organizations are putting together, right, to kind of uh, eliminate the threat of being misrepresented in the media? How, how and when do we get to the point that People who don't own businesses or have businesses can go and tell people who own businesses sure. what to do and how to do it. Well, because I think, if they don't have business, they don't know how to run a business. Sure, sure, sure. So how did the, the one without the business, <laughs> how did that come about where they can tell the one with the business how to work and what to do? Well, I think it comes uh, from the, the concept of uh, the fact that people, you know, they're, they're customers. Right, they, it may, they may not own the business, but, but they I have know to buy how to treat my customer. I know if I don't treat them well, they might not come back. Sure, I don't need someone that don't have a business to tell me that. Right, but that's but again, that's a societal shift. These people are understanding that they have the power to uh, make an organization move at their will. Is that and wrong or right? Comply. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, that is wrong, especially if there's an organization that may not be treating its constituents and communities in the best way. But is it right that people who've never ran a business, don't own a business, go into a business and tell them what they should do? Yeah, if they're not getting treated right, they're paying for the product. What? Uh, and so uh, I, you do you uh, work in uh, sports management. You yeah. you talk to athletes and things yes, like that. Right. And, about, and those sport organizations. What is it called? Uh, I, I, I talk to them uh I talked to oh. some athletes and uh, primarily sport organizations, though. So. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
So you you were doing something called consultant work for MLB, major. That's major league baseball. Baseball. You're yeah. consulting them as well. I did some work for them. Yes. Were you stunned that they supported Black Lives Matter? No. Why not? Because that's that's the wave now. That's that's the uh, way that these uh, organizations, sport organizations, okay, are trying to show their support to certain causes. Out of fear. Some may be out of fear. Some may be fear because they feel like it's the right thing. Fear of what? Well, here's the thing. So, y- 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 if you're talking about fear, some may fear that they'll lose fans. Right? They'll 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 lose. They'll look bad in the media, so they have yeah. to do certain things, right? That's terrible, huh? That, that's, that's just the way organizations work, though. Did you ever think that one day in America you would have a sports team supporting an organization that was founded by a bunch of fat, black, radical <laughs> lesbians? Did you ever imagine Oh, that? man, you got to call them that. <laughs> Come on now. Socialist uh, lesbian, not normal folks. Okay. Did you ever imagine that lesbian would take over like that? Well, I mean, it was bound to happen, considering what the research shows, uh, again, how societal shifts change organizations. It was something that was, uh, again, considering the research is inevitable. A lot of the work that uh, I do and some other scholars that do the similar work to what I do is to work to predict future behavior. So did you predict that one day... People would be following a bunch of fat black radical lesbians. <laughs> man, hey, they're going to come them. after you if you keep calling them that, man. So what? But, no, I but said they gonna... said they're lesbians. Yeah, the yeah, sure, sure, sure. You didn't know they were lesbians? I, I, yeah, of course I know. Did you know they were black? Yes. Did you know they were fat? I, I'm not going to say all that. Man. I'm not going to call people names now. I, no, no, but, no, I'm but, just talking about reality. Sure. Uh, I rest my case. Well, um, no, 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 I'm saying... Sure, as in the sense of <laughs> I, I knew what type of organization it was. Did you ever but, imagine people in America would follow that type of? Well, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. I, I, I say that because again, that's what the trends show. That's not my particular area of focus when it comes to the research, but other people who study that have shown that as a trend. I bet you're stunned, huh? You go home to Not your really. Chinese wife, look, honey. <laughs> honey, make me an extra rice tonight. Look, look, I got no, something no, to tell no, you. No, 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 no. You know what? I'll give you your credit, man. You, I, I, I really, I, I, I will say this. I really like talking to people to speak their mind. Oh, good. I, I can tell that, too. And I'm not surprised because you and I, we're both from the country. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we I'd rather you tell me you don't like me or I'd rather you right. say you love me than to give me the falseness. I don't like That's that. right, man. So I got to ask you this. Should athletes be involved in politics? I think, uh, yes. But, I will answer that question, yes. But why? They are there to entertain. And whatever their political aspect is, they should just keep that to themselves because they're there to entertain all of us who like what they do. Okay. But do you follow sports? You say you didn't even know who Kansas City Chiefs was. Right. I followed track because when I was growing up, we didn't didn't have a football team. Fair. We just had a basketball and track and field. So I ran track and field. Yeah. Okay. So why should they be involved in politics when they are there to serve everybody? Okay. And I answer that question by saying um, it's been here, sport and politics. You know, if you didn't want politics involved in sport, uh, then uh, these sport organizations should have never signed on to these local governments and get in these local communities and say that they're going to do certain things to help those communities when sometimes they don't. And so when you're talking about athletes, I don't, I don't 
discredit them for, for wanting to do it. Do they sometimes know everything when they say certain things? No, right. absolutely not. Uh, I believe they're trying to gain an understanding. I, I commend some of them for taking the time to really understand history and understand business and, and take, a, take the time to understand politics and to really try to help their community. Do you love America? Yeah, America's a great country. Is it right to kneel during the national anthem? I believe, yeah, absolutely. You can do whatever you want. It's a free Is country, it right? right? I would say that you can do that if you feel like this country is not. Is it right? It, you can do that if this country is not treating you the right way. Is it right? You can do whatever you like. And I will, I will constantly say, yes, you can do that if. But I'm asking it, you, is it right? Are you a Christian? Yeah. you yeah. from this? Sure. Is, is it right? Yes. It's if, right to kneel during the national it's anthem. It's right to kneel during the national anthem if you feel like you're not getting treated as equal as everybody else. Do you know who this tennis player is by the name of LeBron James? Tennis player? <laughs> Why you call him that? Is he a tennis player? No. You yeah, know, like you, know, you, know, you know what kind of player he is. Yeah, like one. He's soft like one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, come on now. <laughs> Why you got to call LeBron that? Because he's always complaining. This man made more money than Joe Biden. And he complained like he lived in Africa somewhere. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Uh, I would just say, if you're talking about LeBron's complaining, you could just talk about how a lot of people call him out for flopping on the court. Do you feel <laughs> sad for these people with all this buku money, making more money than Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and in America, in the greatest country, and they're complaining that. like they're enslaved? LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, mm -hmm. and all these other stupid black athletes that are complaining. Do you think, do you feel sad for them? Sorry for them? No, because the thing is, uh, as they've mentioned, and, here, and here's the thing, they are using their platform. If you're talking about their influence, their power, their money, they're trying to use their platform to speak to people who may not have that opportunity. But why would do they so. do it for something good rather than making up all these lies that you can't make in America if you're black? Well, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's not necessarily about that because uh, a lot of people don't understand that when Colin Kaepernick um, went on his campaign to, to donate money to certain organizations to make things better for people, you know, nobody really reported that. It was the Know Your Rights campaign. Well, he kneeled to, uh, do, you know, he went against the flag. He went against America. He did it respectfully so, He went so, against though. the soldiers. He okay. went against everybody. But, and you know, he's white. But here's the thing. Did you know you're well, white? He, oh, he's half white. Same thing. But, so, so half white is all the way white. <laughs> Yeah, okay. but here's the thing. So as many people that have said that, OK, he's disrespectful to America, he's disrespectful to the flag. There have been several other soldiers that have come out who went to war, who who agree with them or at least say that, you know, it's your it's your right to do so. And I would I would have to agree. But no matter how you feel about it, it's your right to do so. Right. All right. Real fast answer to these questions. Okay. When will black people be happy and say that's enough? When will we know that they're satisfied? Because they wanted affirmative action, we gave them that. Okay. They wanted to get into the white school, we let them get into that without earning. They <laughs> want to move into the white communities. Okay. We let them do that without earning it. Mm -hmm. uh, and now they want reparations. They okay. even wanted the white woman, so we gave up the white woman to them. Remember that? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, 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 no. So you're not calling yourself black, is what you're I saying. I am black, but I'm not into the black thing. Okay. 
Gotcha. And so we gave them the white woman. When will it be enough? <laughs> well, I think the thing when is... When would they say, okay, white folks, we had enough. We got what we need. I can't give you a short answer to that. Again, it's, it's complicated. Because it goes back to that concept of retention, right? Where you're saying that, okay, black people have gotten all this stuff. They've, they've, they've done this. Well, again, the research shows that you can put several black people into a space uh, within the organization. Um, and they'll but, destroy it. No, I'm not going to say that. You, you got to agree that everything black people touch, they destroy it. Oh, no, no. I can't Tell me that one thing way. that they'll build. Majority of black people live or majority of black people did, and you want to live there. Um, Atlanta is a great place. No, Why not? not. You don't think so? And when the black move, it used to be when I was growing up. It, did, you, you've been there? I've been there. I used to hang out there. Right. Because I grew up in uh, Alabama, which is two hours away. Sure, sure. And it was beautiful. The white man was in charge. Okay. Now Atlanta is cry-written. Nope. White people are running. It's a mess. So Atlanta ain't it. Can you name one other place? But you know, that's crime-written cities everywhere. I just, I just named a place. Running. I just named a place off the top of my head. Right, you just made that up, though. No, no, it's, it's, it's not legit. even true. How, how is it not true? It's a mess now. But is that factual? Are you just going off of what you... a mess. But where are the, again, where are the Wendy facts? Wendy Burger and everything. But where are the facts that, that show this? I, I did on my show, I showed a map. Where they had laid out the crime. I would love to area. see that. Okay. Yeah. Listen to the team. Please. It's out of control. Okay. So I got to ask, do you believe in white supremacy? I don't, I, no, I'm trying to, because the thing is, with, again, with this concept of white supremacy that's out there is it, it, very complicated. I believe that um, in this country, uh, white people are, not all white people are bad. So let me get that straight. Have you ever dated a white girl? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, you want to? No, I never thought about it. Uh, you think about it now? No. <laughs> because I shouldn't think about the black-headed black woman, is that what you're saying? But, but no, uh, white supremacy exists. Why do you believe that? Because that's what the facts show. But why is it that black people think white people are superior to them when white people clearly don't think that? Because it's the blacks who got the white people on run, sure. making them think that racism exists. So why do you, why do blacks feel that white people are superior to them? I don't know. I don't know of, at least in my circle, of any black people who feel that white people are superior to them. Me personally, I feel like my intelligence shouldn't be based off a of white standard. So you, I, I, I just believe that it again. Be you, yeah, yeah. So it's you me. believe then that the black people who are calling white people white supremacists, they believe that black, white people are superior to them? No, no, no. It's not about the concept of being superior. See, that's the problem. But they say that, and black, white people don't feel that way. Well, see, white supremacy, see, that again, it's a loaded concept. Many people may say that that's the, the, the true angle of it, but when you're talking about white supremacy, it's, it's this. It's To give you an example, you're talking about, okay, if there's a black guy who has a PhD and then there's a white guy who has his high school diploma, they uh, walk into a room. I'm just giving an example. Right. Then uh, what the research shows is that whoever that hiring manager is, that there is a higher likelihood that that white person will be perceived as the one who has the degree and you know and not why, the black right? person. Why is that? Because black people are always whining, begging, <laughs> trying to take it 
The white man earned his way. No, I'm I would, not, you and so, I would think that too. I, white people earned their way it, all the way. Because Are you, you don't sure hear about them that? begging and blaming. And nobody want a beggar and a blamer to work for them. Well, but, but you right? know, it's, it's beggars and blamers on all sides of that. But am I right about black that, people, though. No, nobody wants a beggar and blamer. You're and right. Tell black people to stop begging. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you believe racism exists? Yes. And why do you believe that? What's your proof? The facts are with all of the literature that is out there right now. I could pull up at least 10 to 20 research journals that, that show... But just because somebody concept. wrote about it doesn't mean it's true. Well, it doesn't mean it is not true either. But it you doesn't know? mean it's true. That's just an opinion. Do you have real... you a Christian. Do you true. believe our battle is physical or spiritual? No, of course it's spiritual. I so believe... if it's spiritual, how can it be racism? I'll say this. I believe that if you're, if you're truly focused uh, on God and, and, and who God is and, and you want to move your life uh, as such, I believe that ethnicity, race, racism, you should transcend that. You, you should. It should be a scenario to where no matter your skin color, you know, you, you have equal opportunity to be the best that you can be. So God but, said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits yes, and Christian Yes, absolutely. So why would you call that racism? Well, that racism is, is beyond the concepts of that. Racism is a concept that looks at, again, uh, why... Certain ethnicities will demean or denounce other ethnicities just to stay in control. You know, so that is something that is beyond biblical. Why that happens, I don't know, but it exists. Oh, man. Um, one last question about that, and then I got to throw you on the high seat. Okay. And then we're done. Sure. Um, I noticed that uh, black men today okay. act and think like black women. Yeah, why you say? They, they say their complaints are the same as a black woman. Okay, they complain about another man can yep. do and holding them back. And okay. another man. A lot of these black thugs are being killed by cops because they're running and they have weapons and they have records. Uh, like that unemployed uh, drug addict George Floyd, right? We all know he was an unemployed drug addict, and when he was laying down on the ground, mm-hmm. the cop had the feet on the back. Okay, he was looking down the hill, calling for his mama. And we all know that these people are thugs. But in, in the good old days, black men used to say, this is not how you're supposed to raise your children. Okay. This is not an example for you. But now the black men sound just like the black women, and they're defending uh, bad behavior as though it's a good behavior. Okay. And the black men don't correct the women. Mm-hmm. Why do most black men think like women now? They're just like their mama. Uh, I'm not going to say that they do that. Uh, I'm going to say... But they do do it. See, you're not doing it. I'm not going to say, I'm going to say this. Where is all of this coming from? Are you just observing this? I'm, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, all, are you saying all black men, where, where are you getting this information? From their mothers. Uh, so you're talking to their mothers and their mothers are saying that they're acting like... No, women. why did it happen all the time? Uh, well, see, again, that's, that's opinion. No, you see it all over the news and everywhere. But again, the news likes to perpetuate a certain But they show thing. the reality of what's going on there. Well, then, if that's the case, news media wouldn't have different slants. How could the black men think like black women? I don't, I'm not going to say it that. It used to be the other way around. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not going to say that they do So, that. Asians, okay. you know that Asians are being attacked by which race? 
Uh, well, from what I saw, in the, if we're talking about the media from the last thing, it was a white guy that shot up that masseuse parlor. You saw a woman, one white guy doing it in the masseuse parlor. But majority of the Asians are being attacked by what race? I have no idea. I don't. How am I going to know that if I haven't done the facts well, how on did it? you see this one white man that did it? Because that's what you they, don't see the thousand black men But that's what they showed. That. That's what they showed uh, in the media. They showed the black. Oh. No, no, no. I'm talking about in that particular situation. Right. That's what and they you showed. haven't seen any black people attacking Asians. I have not seen it. I don't know the facts. I have to study that. Look at the news. You'll see it. Uh, but what I want to yeah, ask you. But that's the new, but see, but here's the thing. Would you agree that there are different agendas by different news outlets? Absolutely. Well, so I want to okay. ask you, they're, they're showing these photos or videos of black people doing it. And they're okay. reporting on it at the same time. So we're all looking, but they're calling it white supremacists when it's really black people who are attacking the Asians. Why is that? I'm, I'm like, that don't look like a white man to me. <laughs> yeah, that look yeah. like a black one. But they're saying it's white supremacists when it's really black people. I'm, I'm not, well, relative to that situation, if that's true, I wouldn't call that white supremacy. I would just say that that was just <laughs> something just happening that shouldn't be happening. By black people. If it's a black person, yeah, sure, they shouldn't be doing that. There was an Asian woman, brave soul, on Tucker Carson last night. Okay. And she said that it's time for the black leadership, the black preachers, and everybody to call it what it is. It's not white people doing it. It's black people that are doing it. She's Doing what? uh, Attacking the Asians. Okay. And she said, so Tucker asked her, why do you think they won't say that? And she said, I don't know. It just seemed like the media and others are afraid to even say the word black. Well, I just know this. We, if you're talking about the facts, again, okay, so let's say that that's true. Let's say that's no, true. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that. There's also been a lot of facts. If you're talking about racism and all of these things that, that are being attacked, that <clears throat> there are a lot of Asians who are racist against black people. Yeah, Asians that's just and black facts. people don't like one another. The Asians don't like the blacks because of the crime rate in the black community. And this woman said that, too, about the crime rate. So it's black. her word against just her word against every other thing that's out there. No, we all see it, but she, I see it, but she was brave enough to say it. Okay. You, you realize that? I, I know. I hear what you're saying, for yeah. sure. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Do you live in the inner city? I, uh... Uh-huh. I don't think so. I will see this thing. I don't. I don't really. I'm, oh, I'm still learning about LA. Sudden, you don't no, know no, 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 no. You have I'm not four or five degrees: PhD, LSD, MSD. No, no, no. You don't know the inner city. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm gonna say is, I live in El Monte. I rest so my case. I don't know what that's called. All white. I just no, it's not. There's a few Asian, a lot of Asians. No, El Monte is predominantly, I think, Latinx. And more Mexicans now, too, because when they come across the border, since they come up north, they stop yeah. over there, too. The thing is, I honestly moved to where my pockets would allow me to, <laughs> and that was the area. Oh, your pocket wouldn't allow you to go in the, in the inner city. Yeah. It's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper, but the thing is, the, the, I had to move to an area. It's in the Asian nation. Well, it's not even about that, because... Um, I just want, it was a certain type of house I was looking for. I bet. And, uh, you a know, I just got it. A uh, bulletproof. No, no, uh. it's not that. It's not that. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't want to live uh, in, in a nice community. Who doesn't? Right. You know? So, That's right. Yeah. So I got to put you on the hot seat, and I need you to answer. Oh, do you love white people? Uh, I don't think white people are bad, no. Do you love white people? 
Yeah, I love white people. I love black people too. No, but how about white people? Yeah, I just said I love white people. Okay. I need to put, I need to answer these as quickly as possible. Okay. The hot Do you trust Bill Gates? Um I don't know. I don't think so. Global globe you say you don't think so? I said I'm no, I'm sorry, I think so. I don't know anything negative about him to say that I shouldn't. <laughs> Globalism or nationalism? Mm. Globalism. What is the most globalism? Yeah. What is the like most it. reliable news outlet in your opinion? Me. You? Yeah. What the? Because I I study facts. I don't I don't pay well, attention you didn't to. You know that more than black attacking the Asians. But you're seeing that in the media. Yeah. Do you smoke pot? No. Is sex love? It's a part of it. Do you love white people? Yeah, white people are nice. True or false? Camilla Harris is a woman of God. I don't know. Uh, um, true or false? Black Lives Matter was founded by a bunch of fat black radicals. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm not going to call them that, but it was founded by black women. Do you love the great white hope? Uh, no, I don't believe in that. You don't believe in what? That whole concept of the great white hope. What, uh, who is the great white hope? Well, if you really must know the history of the great white no, hope, that today's was something great white hope. I don't believe in that concept. Who is he? I believe you're talking about Donald Trump. I rest my case. But I don't. So you believe in it. No, Otherwise, no, 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 no. you wouldn't know who he is. No, no, no. I know. I understand what's going on, but I don't believe in that concept. Is it okay to have sex before marriage? Uh, biblically, no. Thank you, man, for taking the hot seat on. No problem. And thank you for coming. You no have problem. anything you want to promote your website or anything? Uh, no. Uh, I uh, actually thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It was it was uh, enlightening. I was going to ask, did you have fun? Yeah, I have I, absolutely. All right on. Yeah. I enjoy talking to you too, man. No problem. No problem. I, I, I like that you don't have that black woman <laughs> attitude. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I say this. You know, um, black people are strong. Black people what? are resilient. Black people do have problems, but I believe black people can overcome a lot of things. And if black I, people had daddies, mothers together, the parents was good at examples, taught them to work, to love God with all their heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else, their neighbor as themselves, would they be in a condition they're in today? I believe they wouldn't. I believe that black yes. people, if, if black people had solid foundations, yes, black people would be better. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no so, you, what are you promoting? Your website or anything? So, I have my website, uh, Uh I have my uh, book coming out uh, early 2022. It's called Shut Up and Dribble, uh, The Black Athlete Revolt in the Age of Black Lives Matter. It was just simply examining uh, how athletes are different today under the constant uh, under the concept of Black Lives Matter. And are you saying in your book they need to shut up and just dribble? No, no, I'm going <laughs> off of the concept of what uh, Laura Ingram has said about LeBron James. Oh, nice. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, man, for coming. No problem. Don't forget to like, follow, ring the bell, uh, check out Patreon, just, uh, the link there to Patreon. And our merch is amazing. Let me hear from you. Thank you so much. Next time on The Fallen State.
I want to talk to you about the attacks upon the Asians now. The media, they tend to blame it on white people. Why don't they say it's black people who are doing it? I haven't looked at the statistics. Even the Asians won't say that we are being attacked by blacks. What are they afraid of? I do wonder if people are worried about just perception. Is it easier to falsely accuse whites than it is to tell the truth about what the blacks are doing? You know, I think that whatever the truth is, because like I said, I haven't seen those statistics, but I know that that's really hard right now in this political climate. I feel like everybody feels like they have to be so careful. And so now they think everybody's dumb because no one loves one another enough to stand up and tell the truth. So you never seen Bruce Jenner in a dress? No, I haven't. Amazing. Thanks for watching The Fallen State. We need your continued support. Donate to my nonprofit here. Subscribe and like the videos here. And tell everybody and their mama about the show. Funny, man. I like you. I like you. <laughs>